coming at you with another episode of Talk About That. I'm John. This is my friend Johnny. Hey there. I'm never pitching to you again like to say your own name. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> we got that weird No more thing. answering machine message. Yeah. How you doing, buddy? I'm okay. Uh, I'm a little snuff, stuffy. Snuffy? A little snuffy or yeah. Johnny Snuffy Uppigus? Yeah. These you? allergies, man. Yeah. What is happening? I don't, I don't know. I went to, I actually got a new, you know, there's like a Nashville vocalist allergy spray, like. Just for Nashville Magical people? concoction among like the people in the industry. What do they call it? No, there's two different sprays you take. It's that combination. Oh, oh I right. I forget I've what they're called. They, they're medical names. One's like, Nasonex, right? No, one, oh. they're both like one's, no, no. I one's, don't know. I thought sorry, one was like an over like the called, counter thing. My wife makes fun of me because I can't remember pronounce them right. It's Azelton. Azel, I don't know. <laughs> and the other's like flu. That's a character on Downton Abbey. <laughs> Azelton, bring me the... Herbert Azelton, pleased to meet you. <laughs> so like, I, I, but I, I, but yes, I'm experimenting. I need to give you that. I need to give you that. Concoction. It's a cocktail. Yeah. I don't do good with nasal sprays. They drip out. It's not good. Well, do you not suck People them don't up need in to there? Hear, people need to hear about this. You got to suck them up in there, bro. I know, but if you're having stuffed up then it's like it's blocked so well it's got to be enough to get it in there let's get know, through man. listeners we need the you initial to chime blockage in well this. i stopped taking zyrtec because you told me that it made you depressed and that was, <laughs> i looked it up and you were right Dude, like that's that's not everybody but that is one of the side effects zyrtec like but it, i don't know if it made me depressed but i was like well if this is going to contribute i'm already a comedian this is <laughs> It's already... You're already this sad clown. Well, it's like Chris Rock did a documentary one time, and he said, like, people wonder why comedians are depressed. It's like, we're literally professionally paid to think about this stuff. Right. We have to process all this stuff that you can, like, go to your regular job and just not think about. Because you can just go, you know, whatever. And I'm not trying to pretend regular jobs are important, but I'm just saying... Yeah, wow, bro. You can do... Like, when I was a cashier, it was almost mindless. I could do it without really even thinking about it. Yeah. And then I finished my shift, and I was like, oh, then I could go home and just clock out. But I think uh, when you do art or you write or whatever, it's like uh, you you mull over the meaning of things way too much. Yeah. So it's like I don't need Zyrtec adding to this. No. Well, you know, so Sadie when she was I don't know probably one and a half two, she right. had allergy issues. They put her on Zyrtec. She lifted a car above <laughs> her head and threw it at you. <laughs> and so she was in the bath, and I remember. Like, she's a pretty well-mannered child. You know, she had her issues like all kids do. Kids throw fits and stuff. But, like, the kid, I remember, like, it was like her head was going to spin around at any moment. And just, I mean, she was not. I turned to Laura. I was like, who is this child? And we. And you think it was the Zyrtec? We were positive it was. Like, that was the variable. And we took her off of it. She kind of came back. So we but began. But she had terrible stuffy nose. In other news, she could not breathe. <laughs> uh, but, no, we just tried down for Claritin or, or Allegra or one of those. You didn't think for any second that maybe she just hated the bath. Well, no, because she loved the bath before then. So okay. it wasn't like just the bath; like she just hated life. She just happened to do be. Do you take in baths bath. now? How do you feel about baths versus showers? You know, well, like twice a year, I get in a bath. We have yeah. a garden tub, you know, like just to soak in the heat. Though it's not about the suds, right? Well, no, you don't get clean in a bath. You're like stewing in your own filth. That's why I, th- I think baths. It's uh, it's interesting that it ever even took off at all. Right. We weren't like once we this knew through. we could shower. I want to guess it was a well, it's Johnny. Showers haven't conservation. always showers haven't always been around. I'm sure. Like I'm sure it's conservation. Like you said, like you can't just. But a shower can't. technically conserves water over a bath too, because you're only using a few gallons of water. You know, strained through a. You know pressurized what? I want to know what the real nozzle. stats are. Like, what is the difference? Because I'll take a long. Well, shower. Well, not a woman's shower, because or a teenager shower, because those take forever. Uh, but like, I yeah, take, I take long showers. You take long showers too. Oh yeah. You just kind of sit in there and. 
Well, it's an introvert's paradise. It's actually uh, people are leaving you alone in the endorsement book. There's a whole section on showers uh, because it's it is the endorsement sanctuary. Do you get you come up with ideas for books and, and thoughts and things? Oh, in the shower? absolutely. I write, jo- I write jokes in the shower, and that's why now your phones are waterproof. It's so much easier. Although, do you try to when you no, something I need to write no. about the next right on your phone. Well, how do you in keep the show? up? Well, see, you have a good memory. If my there, idea comes and I, I don't write it, it down, it's Jay gone. Leno or somebody or maybe Foxworthy said they kept like a wax pencil. And they have like almost like a version of a dry erase board in there. What were they writing on? Well, I don't know, but they said it was a wax pencil, so I don't know. What is they that? Had to have a... Like what you'd write on a windshield with? Maybe they had a shower door. Yeah, but it's all foggy. No, what but if I'm you just saying... wrote it in the fog. You know, like the you know what you know when you're at the car dealership and they write like you know ninety percent down or whatever nine yeah. percent financing or whatever. Did you say ninety percent down? Ninety percent down. <laughs> <laughs> it's a terrible car deal. Don't do it, guys. <laughs> Only ninety percent down. <laughs> no, but you know they'll write on the windshield with these wax uh, pencils, like a you know like a crayon kind of a thing, but yeah. it doesn't wash off. Were you I think an that, art major? I think You're that's what really. <laughs> I think that's what he was saying. He used in the shower on the shower door. So if he has an idea, he just grabs his wax pencil. And, Do you remember who this was? I don't know. I mean, I don't. This sounds so spurious to me. Like I'm struggling with the veracity. You're talking about grabbing your phone and ruining it. It's a waterproof phone. No, no, it's not. No, it's not. The iPhone has a little sensor in it that can tell you what moisture. uh, It's like a moisture sensor. I'm not putting it under the stream or anything. Still, but there's enough fog, bro. You've been in the shower 45 minutes, like you say. It's going to be a a fog cloud. A fog cloud, if you will. Aren't all clouds fog clouds? (laughs) Isn't a cloud just fog that's up high? I don't think so. I don't think you understand how weather works, bro. Fog and clouds are different. I think a, a fog fog is like the clouds. Fog have, is like a cloud close to the ground? Is that what you're saying to me? That's exactly what it is. Uh-uh. What do you think it is? How come rain doesn't come out of the fog then? Clouds, if clouds the have, fog clouds is have wet different... when you drive through it, it has to do with the temperature. <sighs> making There's somebody the... that watches the Weather Channel all the time and they're freaking oh, out My right wife now. would be freaking out right Accumulus! now. <laughs> they're screaming out random words. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I, yeah, I did not major in meteorology, but I do believe. Cumulus, of course, was the Greek god of fluffiness. People he was. Know. He was. He was very poofy. He was a poofy person. Cirrus was the Greek god of thinning hair. Like, he was just real light and feathery. Yeah, it's fluffy. Beautiful. So we don't believe in Greek gods in other news. Um, uh, well, look. So we. I don't know. Greek mythology was always my Achilles' hip. I never. <laughs> I never was great at it. <laughs> You see what he did there, guys? Guys, that's a true comedian. Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> misdirection, and it had a little bit of, of intelligence to it. I love no, it, Johnny. It's not, no, stop it. Let's just, say, let's just call it a day, bro. Let's just call it a day. We do have uh, we do have a special show today. A very, very special show today. Uh, we've been kind of billing that we had some special guests on, and uh, it happened. We've never delivered. Right. No, we've not, delivered multiple well, times. Well, a couple times. Many, several I don't know what the correct adjective is here. But, We've uh, delivered several times. <laughs> you can count on John and Johnny. They deliver several <laughs> times what they promise. Uh, we do have uh, Tony and Kelly Trent today, which are Tyler Trent's parents. Tyler guests. Trent, who you wrote the book for uh, with uh, uh, the Tyler Trent story, the inspirational story, yeah. uh, who developed... Uh, what was it? What was the kind of osteosarcoma? Osteosarcoma, yeah. and bone, uh, bone was enrolled cancer. at Purdue University, and was this huge super fan of Purdue. And he kind of caught uh, national attention when he predicted that Purdue would upset Ohio State, who was ranked number two at the time. Yeah, and then they did it, and he was at the game. And I remember seeing that, and we talk about it a little bit uh, in the interview with the family. But I mean, that was such a moving thing to me. And then to to find out later on that you were kind of going to intersect with their lives. Yeah. 
and get to write with Tyler. It was such a thrill and what an amazing thing. Oh, it was, an, it was, a, it was a crazy honor. And we talk about that some on, on the interview. But man, I mean, the thing is, Tyler did not think he'd end up at Purdue. So if you're kind of a sports fan, and this is a big sports story. Like yeah. Yeah, Scott Van Pelt wrote the foreword for the book. Drew Brees wrote the afterward because Drew Brees was a. You got a to meet Van Pelt. Was he a good dude? Oh, what a great guy. He's, he's tall, a, right? He's about eleven and a half feet tall. I think. Yeah, <laughs> it was it was it was a real David and Goliath story, as some would say. It's but, weird because a lot of times when you meet people who have been on TV, you expect them to be a lot taller than they are, and they're always short. Yeah, like Hollywood's full of really short people. Yeah, uh, a buddy of mine worked on the set. He was like a lighting guy on Tango and Cash. Remember that movie? Oh yeah. And he Stallone said, and he, um, Stallone and Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell, who are both like five foot eight. Yeah. <laughs> and he was blown away. He's six two, and he was just like. This is the this is the action stars, <laughs> you know, and he was just floored by it. Which why well, I think Schwarzenegger was like six foot flat. He's he's at least six foot. See, this gives he hope. looks like a giant in movies. Schwarzenegger hope does. To people like me who are not tall, that athleticism and being the hero is not contingent upon your height. I mean, I'm so sick of that stereotype, and that's why I'm. Coming what are there you five ten? I'm five nine. Wow, you did that on purpose. You picked something so, <laughs> so that you I would have, have to, to lessen myself. Johnny, I see you as 5'10 in my mind, John. <laughs> You'll always be 5'10 to me until you start slouching badly in your 80s. Well, you know, I, I, did I slouch get... now. I can slouch down to about 5'6". Yeah, I'm 6'3", 6'4". to you, but... Uh, I can crouch down. You're still tall, though. So, Schwarzenegger, did you see the story about Schwarzenegger speaking of? I did not. He was doing, he was speaking at a thing. I can't mm-hmm. remember what he was doing. I don't know what the context of it was. He was speaking... At it in a gym setting, someone hauled off and took off running and tried to drop kick him as his back was turned. Uh, so they launched themselves. He turned feet and caught first. Him. Okay. No, he barely budged him. And then oh, the guy just fell on the ground. And then the security came in and grabbed the guy. And my favorite part was Arnold was just like, I just thought I'd been jostled by the crowd. <laughs> <laughs> Did somebody get video of this? Yeah, there's video of it. It was on Twitter. Oh, they kicked him right in the back. Oh, gosh. And, uh, yeah, my favorite tweet about it was when somebody says, I'll be, and then the parentheses kicked in the back. <laughs> that was the Terminator, <laughs> the Terminator reference. I'll be oh, kicked in the back. Wow. But yeah, it did not. you can't phase Arnold. Did you just do that in an Arnold Schwarzenegger? I tried. Good. I appreciate you. But I'm you. stuffed up. I appreciate you like. I'm not an impressionist, John. No. I'm more of a not an impressionist. I'm more of a compressionist. <laughs> I've got terrible back pain. <laughs> I've got some terrible vertebrae. Uh, oh, man, that's great. That's great. No, we do have a great interview today, uh, and I'm I'm excited to get to share more of the story, and, and we go a little bit into the writing, but hearing what this book is doing, yeah, uh, and, 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 you know, again, people that I've really come to love and respect, uh, and knowing that they're still struggling. You know, our show, Johnny, we have a lot of fun. We always talk about things with substance as well, and this is one of those weeks that, man, this is a story worth telling. It's one that a lot of people have already heard, uh, but it's something that these, these, are, these people have become... Uh, people that I genuinely yeah. care for and appreciate them taking the time. So we won't uh, wait or hesitate any longer. Let's go and get to that interview with Tony and Kelly Trent. Hey, we are so honored to have guests on the show today that have become just great friends of mine, people that uh, I've got to work with on a very special project and wanted to welcome to talk about that today, Tony and Kelly Trent. Hey, how are you guys doing? Hey, we're doing well. Thanks so much for having us on today. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Oh, what an honor. What an honor. And uh, we were talking a little bit before we began recording, and you guys got to meet Johnny. Yes. And uh, mm-hmm. and so yeah, that introduction, you've never met the trips before. No, I hadn't. I saw the, the ESPN uh, story 
you know, the little five minute uh, thing they ran the be- in the beginning of the when Tyler was uh, become I was becoming aware of Tyler his journey. They had, I think it was right after the Ohio State game. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, that's when he kind of was launched into the national uh, consciousness, I guess. And I just, I mean, I was boohooing at home, just I was so moved, deeply moved by it. And I drug my wife. You got to see this, and we watched it on the computer, and and I just thought, man, what an amazing story. And uh, cut to a few months later, John's working on his book, and I just couldn't believe it. And uh, it's it's been such a cool journey to watch uh, John go through, and and uh, to get to get to get to know your family, and and to get to hear him tell stories. So it's an honor to, to for you to have us uh, have to have to have you on the show today. Well, thanks so much. Uh, it's a privilege and an honor, and and we're just uh, trying to steward uh, uh, the best of what God has given us, and and uh, to bring Him glory through the process. Yeah, that's right. And John, John has been an amazing blessing. Like words, just they're inadequate to express what He's done for our family in regards to the book. So, love hearing your friendship and all about that. That's very cool. Oh, goodness. Uh, could you say a little more about that, Keller? Right. We, <laughs> we can, no, just, no, no. Man, the honor's been all mine. And, and again, I appreciate you guys so much. I, I, you know, obviously, just the little bit that I've got to spend time with you in the process. I know you guys are still... Um, journeying through uh, grief and journeying through all the things that, that, that this is. And I know there's uh, you know never a moment where that journey ends completely, but it just means a lot to us that you're willing to come and, and uh, to, to talk. And we just, we wanted to celebrate some parts of uh, Tyler's story and what God's doing in right now with you guys, ask you some questions and, and maybe, you know, reminisce a little bit about some of this. I mean, now, in, in retrospect, looking back, I think we could have some interesting things to talk about this writing process that we went through uh, because it was it, it was not conventional, orthodox, and so uh, it was it was quite the something. So, hey, let's just start. You know, maybe just uh, tell me a little bit. You know, let's pretend we have our listeners have heard Tyler's story. Some uh, we may have some new listeners who are going to tune in and check. Just you know, take a few minutes and you guys just sort of tell us about Tyler. Tell us about Tyler and and who he was and his story and and kind of just. Uh, give us the the talk about uh, this young man that we're honoring today. Well, thank you for asking. Um, Yeah, considering, you know, he was a homeschool kid all the way through (laughs) graduation, I I spent quite a bit of time with Tyler. Um, He was honestly just an old soul. I mean, from the very beginning, Mm. he really enjoyed adult conversation, adult topics. He just always seemed older than he was. Um, and I mean, one of the funniest things I can say is maybe it was like in ninth grade, like his friends would tell us how funny he was. And Tony and I would look at each other and be like, he's not funny. Like, (laughs) what do you mean? He's just like a nerdy, geeky kid that we love and adore because he's our own, but he's not funny, you know? And, (laughs) you know, over time we really did learn to appreciate and understand his wit and how funny he actually was. Mm -hmm. Um, he kind of proved us wrong in that, I guess you could say, but um, Tyler really, honestly, uh, he made parenting easy. He did. Wow. He was a great kid. He was easy to love, easy to raise, responsible. Um, but yeah. Self-starter. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I, this is the kind of kid he, he was. And, and I, I said this yesterday in an, in, at the book release and in an interview with some TV stations and, 
it got it got tweeted out a couple of times, but um, a couple of weeks before Tyler passed away, he uh, I I was laying with him and he he said to me he said Hey Dad, you know um, all I ever wanted to do was to please you and Mom and to um, bring glory to God's name, and I, I just think that that speaks uh, entirely to who Tyler was and his character and. Um, and in speaking to his, how funny is, is this, John, you probably don't know this, but I don't think we've shared this with you, but one of his roommates said, he, he said, kept teasing Tyler. He said, hey, I want to be a part of the book. Please put me in your book. Please put me in your book. And Tyler said, okay, I'm going to put you in your book, but I'm going to spell your name wrong. <laughs> and so he, we were at a spring game and the roommate come up to us and he said, okay, Tyler got the last laugh. He said, he spelled my last name wrong. <laughs> And we didn't even know it. And uh, so we were all laughing about it. But that's just kind of how he was. He was, he had wit to him and uh, his humor was kind of dry. And, um, but he, uh, he, that's, yeah. So. Right. And I mean, just to add to that too, his, um, again, back to his freshman year in high school, I had two teachers completely separately come to me and say, do you know Tyler's made for big things? Like, I can't wait to see what God does with his story. Oh, wow. Of course, we would, we would have never chosen this route, right? Like, yeah, if we right. could pick, this wouldn't have been the way. But one of them texted me or emailed me in the fall, and she was like, do you remember that story? Do you remember that conversation in ninth grade? Like, look at what Tyler's doing. And so I really do believe he was made for this. And yeah. it does bring, it's hard, but it brings comfort. No, absolutely. And we talked about that a lot, you know, during our time together, um, because the, the number of people that this young man was reaching at his age, yeah. uh, not just with his story, not just with sports and all those things, but reaching with hope and reaching with uh, a message that uh, there is a love for them that is divine and a message uh, that sort of transcends i think what a lot of people of of any generation today is feeling but i mean he and we talked about this a lot you're right him sort of being that old soul ahead of his game there were things that he wanted to say with his with his life his death this book all the things he that he wanted to say that most people in their entire lifetime at any age uh don't come to the place that they could say those things so i think you're right that that made for greatness um in terms of of a a humble purpose in his life, because he would have never, you know, he didn't like, I I remember this, one of the things we wrote in the book, Tyler didn't like you to elevate his story. He he wanted, the first thing we say is, I really wish I wasn't talking about me today. I really wish I could hear all of your stories. And there was such a, a, a pure altruism to him in that respect that, you know, he, he wasn't faking that. I mean, we all have pride and all have those things, but he meant that like he really wanted to hear about you. He truly did, and every time he 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 you know he, high schools and ministries would ask him to come speak, and when he finished speaking, he said, "Okay, all right, that's enough about me. <laughs> Everybody has a story, and uh, and they just need somebody to listen to your story. So I want to hear your story, man." And uh, so he and he truly did. It was, you know, as you said, John, it, it was really just. I, I mean a unique gift that Tyler had. And, and, you know, Kelly and I noticed that when he was young, that there was something different about him. Yeah. Uh, you know, most kids don't 
act the way they act when you're, you know, 13 years old. And, and, you know, and I told him, I said, look, Tyler, God's wired you for something special. And I don't have the gift and your mom doesn't have the gift and your brothers don't have the gift, but God has given you something and to use it for his glory. And, uh, so, you know, we did recognize it at a young age that there was something different about him. Man, that's so cool. Yeah, uh, I I really relate to Tyler's story a little bit because I love that, that a book has been done and that you're talking about him in these terms and it's even there's a little bit of love of lightness to it. Uh, I lost a brother uh, to, uh, to, t- to complications from type 2 diabetes. And so I, I never think about that when I think about my brother, though. I think about his life and stories I had with him. And I think sometimes when somebody dies of a disease we kind of boil them down without meaning to a, a lot of people who are not the family, they boil them down to almost like a mascot for that disease. If we're not careful, you know? Yeah. And, uh, yeah. I think it's so cool to like, there's a three dimensional person on the other side of this thing. And, uh, that's what I love about the book is it just kind of gets, uh, you get a chance to really know who Tyler was and this was not the path that he chose, but it's something that he, if I may say he suffered well with that he, he, you know, there's a, there's a, he made something better uh, out of it. And it, I just think uh, that's what's really inspired people um, is that three-dimensional person of, of Tyler. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's literally like today uh, some guy come up to me and said, you're Tyler Trent's dad, aren't you? <laughs> and I said, yes, I am. And he said, boy, you got a lot to be proud of. He really inspired me. And so, as you said earlier, I mean, it did transcend the age bracket. To, yeah. I mean, guys that are 60 years old to guys that are, you know, are 18 and 19 and even little kids. I mean, literally, um, there are 10-year-olds and 9-year-old kids that uh, still, you know, pray for Tyler right now. And, and um, well, I'm getting, so. I've gotten two stories in the past couple of weeks about elementary kids who have like, you know, honor your hero of the week into the school year kind of type thing. Yeah, and you know, two of them were. It was Tyler, and wow. I'm just like these kids. These kids are in elementary school. I mean, wow. they're in like fourth and fifth grade, wow. and they know about him. So, like, it's so astounding to me. Yeah, the the favor that he found through so many generations. Like, only God can do that. Man, there is no other. There is no other explanation. One thing I wanted to ask about was the. You know, you guys had a goal that you set of money towards cancer research that the book would help raise money for. Where are we at in that goal? Like, what what do you know so far? And the other question I had was, I saw a post uh, from one of you guys' accounts. It might have been Tyler's account that you guys still operate on Twitter, where it talked about some of the cells that he donated and they're being mm-hmm. used now. Some of the yeah. tumors were, are being used to advance cancer research and how you feel about that. And what, and that's just such an amazing thing of how Tyler lives on literally in his research. And so, uh, can you talk mm-hmm. a little bit about that? Yeah. So, uh, there are four groups of people that we've partnered with, um, the V foundation, um, Riley children's hospital, and obviously Purdue university, um, they all have endowments in Tyler's name as well and a scholarship that is now in Tyler's name at Purdue, which is a full ride, by the way, oh, wow. uh, to one, one student um, um, that 
that exhibits perseverance and courage and and uh and a hardship um and so um and then um and then the book you know and all those facets not including the scholarship is over two million dollars oh my goodness wow and and we just donated ten thousand dollars last weekend from the book sales uh to the v foundation why we were we were in florida uh as part of that fundraiser that's terrific um with dick vital so um it it's going extraordinary well it continues just to have i mean tomorrow we're a part of a four k schools out and or excuse me five k schools out and you know all the all that money raised is going to to Tyler's endowment at Purdue. So there's just something that happens almost every week, believe it or not, uh, of people wanting to do something uh, to help eradicate pediatric cancer and to honor Tyler and his legacy. Um, and then in terms of the cells, um, you know, that was a big part of yesterday at Riley's Children's Hospital. They're telling us about his cells. And, um, you know, that was a tough day, to be honest with you. Yeah, sure. uh, we got to see his you know, his living cells um, that they are uh, doing a ton of research with. And, in fact, it's going so well, they're giving it to other entity, other other research centers want his cells. Man. Um, and a bad thing for Tyler, a good thing for cancer research is that uh, the cells are what they call really, really good cells. Um, they're growing rapidly. Because they grow so quick. Huh. Um, and they can divide them and make, and they're putting them in mice and shipping the mice to other research centers uh, just to see if it can find a cure. Um, and so, you know, as as the doctor said yesterday, you know, Tyler still lives on. He's still with us every single day. Every day we come into the lab, we um, uh, we say one four three, uh, and you know, to your listeners, one four three means I love you. Yeah. Um, taking. Uh, taken from um mr rogers movie yeah yeah uh yeah tyler would tyler said that to us at the end of his life um often to us and his brothers one four three and so you know the the doctors have uh, a relationship with tyler too you know they knew him they got to know him and they have a lot invested that they want to do to help us and and future uh kids who uh get sick so Wow. Yeah, and like Tony said, yesterday I was not anticipating. I mean, I knew that we were going to get to see the lab and the cells and things like that. Yeah. But I guess I just really wasn't anticipating the emotions that it was going to bring right. and stir up because while he's not with us physically, he is still here. And that was so, I mean, they're just really, I mean, they literally had two trays of maybe 15 to 20 vials of tumors tumor cells of Tyler's and I mean it's just it's it's so wonderful and and so horrible all at the same time right you know yeah Yeah. um but yet he would be so happy to know and so grateful and so in that regard all I could do is smile to think oh my goodness yes it's awful that these are growing so rapidly because it's such an indication of what kind of disease he had yeah and why osteosarcoma is so hard and, you know, they haven't had new treatments in over 40 years. But at the same time, Riley is so open to sharing it with any entity that wants it. 
because they're all about, it's not just about Riley. Like whatever we can do to eradicate or to find new treatments, you know, is what we're about. And so that was a huge blessing to hear them talk about that. And like Tony said, just, you know, several of them got to meet him personally. Um, And so that is like, that's a whole nother level because they have so many cells from other different kinds of cancer. They don't, they don't know who the patient is. They don't know their name, anything. And so it's so personal for them. And that's just comforting and heartwarming for Tony and I. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. That's just amazing. And I I remember, you know, I'm just thinking through the story if, if our, Listeners, uh, you know, if you haven't read the book yet, I encourage you. Uh, Tyler's story is amazing. And to understand what was so fascinating about him is when he got cancer the second time. Uh, the first time mm-hmm. he was 15 and then the second time, because uh, he had been, what, four years later, basically, right? And um, Yeah, about 18 months. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And he... Um, he basically said, hey, this time, because he, he felt like, and this is a hard thing in the book, you know, that we wrote about. We went back and forth a lot with, with editors and other people on, on this particular topic, is that Tyler, you know, really felt that he made mistakes in his first, you know, bout with cancer. And, and of course, we write in the book, my gosh, this kid's going through chemo. He's, he's going through all of these changes physically, physiologically, you know, he's, he's enduring a lot of pain and going through all, all of those things. And so no one was holding him, you know, responsible for those, but he held himself to the standard of, I wish I would have, you know, had a different reaction. And so when the second time comes, this, he, he said something and prayed something that I believe is still the result of why we're talking about these things today. And it's such a strange thing to, for most people to hear, but I think we're seeing the beauty of that prayer. And he said, you know, I asked God to not let me waste this time mm-hmm. that I want to be a different person. I want him to use this. And we use that word glory. We throw glory around a lot, you know, but glory just means light and, and where light shines, this intensity. And, um, you know, there's there's tons of scripture about uh, what resides in, in the glory of God or the light of God. There's this, it's, it's not like just this. I think aura that we think of physically from his throne or whatever, but in, it's that light of life. That's the glory of God, the, the light of living in which you're, you're living in this place with people. You're living in this place with God where you are known and you are ever more knowing him and knowing one another. And there is a freedom to it. And so he asked God, use this for that, you know, and it's bringing freedom. I think about the conversations you guys are having. Uh, I think about, you know, the, the world you're speaking to from a faith-based perspective, both addressing a, a dire physical problem in the world, but addressing it as people of faith. And that's everything Tyler prayed for. Everything Tyler prayed for was that that would be for God's glory. And so we see that light that is shining. And so I'm just, I'm so encouraged by it. And it was such a, it was such a, as you know, and, and for a second, we can talk about that, you know, for, for the process of writing in this, uh, and we laugh about it, you know, but it affected me and, and, and how many times have we said, wow, I mean, you guys could have done this on your own. You guys are brilliant and, and have all those thoughts, but what an honor it was for me, uh, to get to partner with you in, in doing this. 
and we hung out in uh, Indianapolis together. Obviously, we've hung out in Atlanta together, the College Football Hall of Fame. I got to hang out with your boys, Blake and Ethan as well, and they were with Tyler. And see your family, just eat in the food court, you know, and just deal with, uh, you know, what what we're all dealing with. And, and you know, David Blau, the, the quarterback for Purdue University, I mean, I got to spend a day with that young man uh, who I know just, you know, went through the – the draft process and combine and all those things. And what an amazing young man, a friend to Tyler and, and watching then us, we're all sitting a couple rows away from, you know, uh, just college football and pro football greats who are walking up to get Tyler's, uh, you know, autograph and take pictures with him. And in all of that, getting to see that writing process, I was deeply affected most by you know not by the 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 fame or and I know you guys have talked about that a hundred times not by the exposure but deeply affected by what God was doing to answer that prayer in this young man who had the maturity to to ask and pray such a thing and I, I think about those that request but that writing process for us and a lot of the listeners may not know this you know I got the call what in in maybe early November you know I think that that first ESPN story aired in October. Mm -hmm. And then as the story really took off, you guys, I know signed with our mutual friend, an agent who was working to help try to get this book out. But the timing of it was so critical because of Tyler's health and where he was. And so it was going to be difficult for it to have a traditional publish publishing pathway because of the timing of it all. And so basically when it all said and done, long story short, we end up, I remember Tony, you called me and said, Hey, um, Here's the deal where we're going. You know, usually a book takes six months to a year and a half to write and to get out and to edit and all these things. And you go, hey, uh, our publishing partner wants to wants to write this manuscript in 30 days. And, and, and I was like, uh, and you were like, hey, John, are you in for this? Because we'd already been working together. I'd already written proposal and a first chapter or two and all those things. And, and it was going great. And you were like, are you down for this? <laughs> and I was like, I remember thinking like, there's no way on God's green earth. Of course, I talked to my wife, but there's no way on God's green earth unless God himself or my wife herself says, no, we can't do this. And I'm not going to do my best to be part of this story because I know that it's special and it's a, it's a moment in history. You know, I, I think, you know, the University of uh, Purdue's president, I've read that, you know, that he, he's, or excuse me, Purdue University. I don't know if you guys say University of Purdue. I don't think you say that. <laughs> Sorry. I, you're an, and you're an alumnus, Tony. I apologize. Heretic. I know. But I remember him saying, you know, for everybody who graduated this year, he said, you will remember this for the rest of your life as the year of Tyler Trent. That, you know, that yeah. you went to school yeah. and Tyler Trent was there and, and all those things. So I knew that was happening. You felt that, that even divine sort of, uh, I guess, momentum happening in this story in this young man's life. And so, wow, what a whirlwind that we all jumped into for those 30 days, you know? Yeah, it, it was, uh, you know, we, we thank you for the sacrifice that you did, John, in terms of, and your family sacrifice. I know it took took you away from them. And, yeah, they're still not speaking um, to him, actually. It's sad. <laughs> <laughs> they're upset. I'll give her a phone. Would that help? <laughs> we were hoping this interview might help a little bit. So, uh, <laughs> Let's smooth things out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah my, my family's still taking me away from your, from your family. <laughs> no, so, um, no it, 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 you know, and the sacrifice that you made to pull everything together and and to make the story happen and you know, there's so many great things. I want to just share a quick story with you guys and your listeners of what the book is doing, um, if I may do that. Yeah, I mean, sure, yeah. we hear stories. 
there's a couple of different stories, but one just really sticks out in my mind. Um, uh, there was a, a lady that uh, her family lives in Los Angeles, and um, uh, her son decided to go to Purdue. She couldn't figure out why in the world her son wanted to go to Purdue when there's really adequate universities in Los Angeles and California, and closer to home. But he he decided to go to Purdue, and in the process of going to Purdue, her son was sharing uh, the story of Tyler Trent to his mom, and his mom. Uh, never watched college sports, never liked sports at all. And uh, through this, her son, she started following Purdue and, and and Purdue football and just learning more about Tyler's story. And because of that, she bought Tyler's book. And, um, and she read the book, and she called the publisher, and she basically shared with the publisher, hey, look, uh, I don't know... I've never thought about uh, spiritual things in my entire life. And because of this book and because of Tyler's life, it's really challenged me to think more about my life and where it's going and is there a God? And and um, and she has, you know, been con- contacting the publisher about it. And she said, I just, like Scott Van Pelt said in the foreword, uh, you know, if you have this book in your hand, and as it says in the book, if you have this book in your hand, there's a reason why you have it. And she's, she's talking to the publisher about this. And it just, you know, there's story after story of people that has affected deeply, like we said earlier, young and old. And, um, and really, we just believe that we prayed and prayed and prayed that God would heal Tyler, uh, use medicine or heal him in an extraordinary way, which we, Kelly and I both believe that God does miracles every single day. Uh, some we see and some we don't see. But with this one, we believe the miracle really happened, uh, as we talked earlier, about um, God really answering Tyler's prayer to make it uh, and use his story for God's glory. And, um, you know, and so many times in the Bible, we learn that really hard things happen to basically all the disciples uh, for the gospel to move forward. And and so well, I don't quite understand that, and I can't wait to ask God someday why he uses death so often to uh, perpetuate his his gospel message, um, but that's what he does use uh, in this situation. And um, and so and I just wanted to share that story with your listeners, and hopefully they'll appreciate it. Well, that's amazing. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. And, and by the way, you guys, I, I don't feel like I did some great sacrifice for y'all. What a blessing you've been to me. I got his brag on the Trents, Johnny. I mean, yeah. this wow. family has been just so amazing to, to know. The honor has been completely uh, on, on, on our end. Um, and uh, listen, we're not, you know, deifying you or acting like you guys. I mean, what we love about you is that you've been human in front of people. You, you haven't acted like this doesn't hurt. We ask a lot of hard questions that don't have big answers in the book, and you guys do that. you know. And just so the, the listeners know, I mean, the book is written in Tyler's voice, but also a lot uh, straight from Tony and Kelly and, and also from Ethan and Blake. They have excerpts in the book as well from his brothers. And so, I mean, it's a family affair. They went, we went through this together, and they came out you know, not on the other side of something, but in a new season of life. But you guys have been just great examples of bearing your brokenness 
not hiding it. And there's a lot of people who are hurting out there. And the book's not all heavy. I mean, there's a lot of funny stories. I mean, some of the stuff about the Secret Service taking you guys to the stadium and, and all the crazy things uh, that happened, when, especially when Tyler's story broke and how, you know, the night before you're not sure he's going to survive and, and, and how you, you know, you just you keep going through these, these honestly, these stories that in a, in a million lifetimes most people never have. And, and you lived like hundreds of them. Uh, and you've done so, I, I believe, it, it, with brokenness that is honoring to God and, and with grace. And we just, it's been a, a, I don't know, certainly as much as Tyler's story uh, has been an answer to his prayer, I mean, that prayer has been answered and continues to be through you guys as well. And I just, I don't know, I'm, I'm really a believer in, in what happens in our families and to know that he just exponentially, I think God's disproportionate. He's a disproportionate God. He takes things, the, the worse that they are, then he produces a greater amount of good, you know, from them. And that, that's the, the mystery and beauty of what he does. And so those, that prayer is still being answered in you guys. And I'm just, I'm just, what an honor. It's all, like you said, it's all that light being shined completely upon God. But wow, what a, what an honor to know you guys and, and to, to see you in that process. Yeah. And it's the coolest thing is like that the research that's being done, the money that's coming from this book, uh, so much of it's being donated to research. And then, like you said, Tyler's cells are even being used. So he's living on. There's this hope that's still generated out of this loss, even though we grieve with you. Uh, and I know what it's like to lose a family member. It's like I, I grieve, but also you go, man, there's this hopefulness that's still glimmering out there. And it's so wonderful. Uh, one thing we didn't say, and I wanted to ask John and, and you guys, how do we get a hold of the book? Uh, what can we tell our listeners? Because we want to make sure we get the word out. Uh, we've talked about it kind of peripherally, but I want to make sure people know exactly where to go to get the book. Yeah, so you can buy the book really where all books are sold. Um, in Barnes and Noble, uh, I don't even know if Borders are still in, in, in business anymore. But uh, <laughs> Borders Amazon is not a sponsor. Or, uh, uh, Amazon or uh, uh, com are all places you can pick up the book. Um, so wherever you buy books, it, it's sold there. Uh, and uh, we appreciate uh, your support in purchasing the book. Um, uh, as you guys mentioned, you know, um, we really, we created the book for five reasons. Uh, four of them Tyler wanted. Um and uh, we we wanted to, or Tyler wanted to continue his legacy, continue his story. He wanted to bring awareness to pediatric cancer. Literally every two minutes, a child gets cancer. Man. And cancer in, in pediatrics is the most underfunded uh, disease from, from the national, from the government. Um, I think uh, literally 5% of all government funding goes to pediatric cancer. So, um, and he was, the technology that they treated Tyler's cancer with is like literally 35 years old. So I don't oh, know man. what technology we use in our lives that are that old, right. but you wouldn't walk into a hospital and say, Hey, I'm going to go to a hospital. It's 35 years old. It just wouldn't happen. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, you know, Tyler wanted to share his faith, um, uh, to people, uh, that was important to him and. At the end of the day, um, we all expire at some point. And so uh, he wanted to really share that with uh, his audience. And then lastly, Kelly and I really wanted to bring hope um, to hurting families. Uh, we all have upsets in our lives. We all have difficult things that, that we deal with. 
It may be, you know, suicide or drug addiction or pornography or whatever it is that we struggle with. We all have upsets. And if you are one of those people that just does not have any bad luck in their life or not have an upset, at the end of the day, you still die. And yeah. so, um, so that's what we wanted to do with the book, and that's the reason why we uh, wanted to compile it. Yeah. And we, we got, I mean, thank you for your kind and so very humbling words. Um, you know, I really can't say it any better than Tony just did, other than adding that we definitely feel a responsibility um, to carry on Tyler's wishes and his story. We talked to our other boys about it often, about it's not just dad and I, it's a family affair. Mm. Um and, you know, there are so many people who are just like Tyler that nobody knows about. And we, yeah. we definitely, like, have a very heavy heart for what God's done for us. Like, I don't, I mean, he chose to answer these, like, like Tony said, and I say often, the miracle isn't the healing physically. The miracle is what God's done with the story. So, therefore, how can we not carry this on? How can we not take responsibility for this and keep keep at it and keep, you know, fighting for this because there are so many families that are just like us that nobody knows about. And that, that's hard for Tony and I. And, um, you know, just it, 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 it's good to think about that, you know, to humble us and keep us aware that, yes, God, God performed miracles. He gave Tyler a platform that we can't even process or understand sometimes. Yeah. It's so surreal. It is like so surreal I can't even put words to it half the time but at the end of the day you know he is one of many and so um, we just kind of want to carry on that responsibility and most importantly the hope that he had and you know like he said I win either way I'm either in heaven with Jesus or I'm here on earth with my family either way I win and we want every family to feel like that yeah we want every family to, to feel comfortable in knowing that they have an opportunity to win either way as well. And, um, and that's, that's only done uh, by the saving grace of, of Jesus Christ. And so, you know, we, we, our desire is to know that, or to share that every family can win. It may not look like you want it to look like, but every family can ultimately win at the end of the day. Absolutely. And, and I'll tell the listeners, I mean, I may be a little bit biased, but what I love about this book and what you guys have written and what Tyler, you know, has written is, is there's no, um, there's not a lot of neat little bows in this book. It doesn't put a neat bow right. on human suffering. And, and you, you guys just really allow that those, those, um, I guess, unreturned, unanswered questions of where we are in this part. I mean, you, you, you let them, you know, you let them lie and, and let them ride. Uh, while also sharing the hope that we have in Christ. And so I think it's, yeah, that whether you have, if you're out there, I mean, there's going to be a lot of fun stories. I mean, a lot of stories that are sad, uh, but there's going to be a lot of reflections in this book on on life and faith and uh, things that are happening, like you said, to a lot of people and really happening to all of us, you know, in some form or fashion. So, yeah, I love it, guys. I mean, just, just wow, well done. And we're just going to continue to you be in our, our prayers and our thoughts. I mean, because we know you're still you're still going. I can't imagine how tiring. I mean, you're, every time I talk to you, it's like, oh, yeah, yesterday we were here. Yesterday we were here. I mean, you, you guys are, are all over the place carrying this message. And so we just you know keep praying for 
uh, it, that is energizing to you and not just draining. If there's an energy that continues to flow, especially as you continue to deal. And, and of course, you know, from a personal standpoint, you always got my number. And I'm always here to talk and listen and hear where you guys are and hope we get to catch up again soon over over some really good, cool food maybe in Nashville or something at one of these hipster places. So. <laughs> well, the book is called The Upset uh, and uh, you should go check it out. Like you said, it's everywhere books are sold, and uh, look for Tyler Trent on there. What an amazing uh, young man, still an amazing young man, just one that uh, is being amazing in another place. So we're just grateful for you guys being on the show today. We'll talk about that. We know it's going to mean a lot to our listeners. So thanks so much, Tony and Kelly, and uh, hopefully maybe we'll have you on again another time sometime in the future. You might be willing. Absolutely. Yep, our pleasure. Hey, thanks again, guys. That's a legal obligation now you just made, so uh, we'll, we'll draw up some papers and send them over. But, no, guys, we appreciate you so much, and uh, we'll look forward to catching you next time. So thanks so much for joining us today. Uh, thank, thank you, you. Guys. Um, Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Wow, what great people, man. Great yeah, people. Man. <sighs> Love it. That's the thing, too, and I know you know people think, since I'm a comedian, that, that but that's this is the kind of stuff that I think about all the time. Yeah. Like it's one of the reasons that death is a is a huge thing in my show. I think the things that I'm most afraid of, I'll talk about the most because it's almost like we demystify them with yeah. comedy. That's what art does. It it helps us to process these things because we don't understand. Nobody really knows what's waiting on the other side. We think we know and we we have hope and we have faith. But man, it's like when you I don't know. So there's something about I think art. That's part of the place of writing and that's part of the place of art is helping society process these things. Right. Uh, that, that scare us. Right. Certainly we have, you know, these things that we that we know to be true related to the nature of God and then to what he's chosen to reveal. But like you said, there's so many details yeah. uh, on the in-between, details in the process, details in, in what those things are going to look like. And that's the mystery. Even the mysteries that God said, uh, you know, Jesus often said, look, there's a lot of things that's not for you to know, Yeah. you know, right now. And so I think you're right that we process those things. And you look for people who are willing to do that out loud. Are willing to do that in the in the public eye? That's very difficult. But uh, Tony and Kelly and, and their family, um, just the way that they've handled this with a lot of, of determination. I mean, being focused on this project in the middle, yeah, uh, and it was grieving because it's what Tyler wanted. Yeah. He said, "I want to." You know, I, um, he was a writer. Tyler's a sports writer, and so he this was one of the things he wanted to do. And so uh, this amazing family has made sure those wishes have continued. And uh, and I think it's brought them. You know, we talked about that. I, I, I have always hoped that the process and dealing with it and kind of having a moment. You, you know, like when my dad died, uh, and I talk about doing family members' funerals or friends' funerals. Uh-huh. A lot of people say, I can't believe you did that. How did you get through that? And I've had trouble getting through things before. But for who I am, like it's it's a little bit of therapy for me yeah. because one of the ways I get to process is through words and through, hey, I want to write out how I feel. I want to write out this story. I want to, I want to now yeah. – and then as a speaker, I, I want to let everybody know, you know how I feel and, and how you should feel or think about what has happened and who this person was and, and what they mean to us. So I, it, I still have a grieving process after that, but it's a real key. Laura and I talk about it all the time. I think it's a real key for me to getting to, to process myself is to getting to express those things and, and and to honor those people. And so I was always hoping and, and being prayerful that this would be a process that though it was hard would be, would bring some comfort to them. Yeah. Uh, and I think you see that, that there's a lot of purpose in there and they're having a lot of hard days, but thank God for purpose and, and, and Tyler's life and all those things. So man, yeah. what, what an honor to have them. They're great folks, man. 
Yeah, it was cool. What a, and it's, it's just such a cool thing they would come on with us because I know they're so busy too. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you're busy. You got to leave right now. I uh, have a volleyball practice uh, that I'm, I'm not an assistant coach. I'm just kind of helping with some. Um, with some, uh, are open, you bringing juice boxes? What happens? Open, what open what do you gyms? Do? They don't juice. You have no bro, responsibility. They're in, like Gatorade and like we're passing juice boxes. Orange, How old do you or- think Sadie is? You still think she's like three? Orange, I'd drink a juice box right now if you handed it to me. <laughs> <laughs> it's not an insult. Give me some orange slices. I'll throw them down. Uh, well, they had pizza the half a day of school, so they had pizza stuff, and so they're eating. They're probably about ready to start. I'm going to go and help run some drills. What is and, what uh, is a volleyball uh, drill consist of? Well, several of the girls in the open gym, quite a few right now, this is like their first exposure to volleyball at all. So right now, the, oh, the, no. the drills are very much like, hey, how to this m- is a move ball. the ball, right? And, oh, and try, no. trying to bump it. But you have other girls who played in travel leagues and other things. And so they're doing a lot of setting and passing and, you know, um, just, you know, sort of you know, moving appropriately among it. The biggest thing in indoor volleyball is finding out where your zone is right. and how you work together. Like what? when we play beach volleyball, it's two on two. It's great. Yeah. You get to touch the ball every other time. Like you know it's your There's job. There's a sermon there, bro. Come on, man. You'd rather it be where you have more attention on you, but what you need is a team yeah. that depends on you. My gosh. We're better when there's more of us, right? even though it's harder to watch, and beach volleyball is way better. Right, beach volleyball is way better. <laughs> <laughs> we we really prefer beach, you know, for that to be outside and not all the. Oh, you kick up the whistles. sand. We all remind you of the Top Gun scene. Absolutely, you know, Mary, Kenny Loggins Mary, song playing in the background. Uh, isn't that just like our life? Though I can't think of how many trips you and I've been on where we were out there, all completely tanned and yeah. jacked up. You know, our six packs, you yeah. know, glistening in the uh-huh. sun. Girls watching from the sideline as we right. played volleyball on the beach just, with Kenny Loggins playing oh on the goodness. jam box right Live. behind us. He was there. It was That's weird. weird. <laughs> Kenny Loggins was on the other team. <laughs> <laughs> Very strange. Hey guys, we do appreciate you listening. As always, uh, it means a lot to us. Make sure you share. In episodes like this, we know there's somebody out there that maybe needs to hear this right now. So uh, let them know we can have fun and, and be together, and also talk about the things that matter in this life. That's that's why we do this. And uh, I would appreciate my buddy Johnny doing that with me. It means a lot. What a guy man what a guy and uh even though i had to pay for his breakfast this morning it uh i appreciate that uh, he French begged toast. me begged me to do so and mm-hmm. uh but i relented and did it with a heart yeah. of generosity not out of obligation and didn't even bring it up after. i wasn't going to mention it on the air you brought it up so i thought i would acknowledge it uh, <laughs> humbly no but hey share with your friends as well and uh we know the topics mean a lot to them and find it on social media share it on social media and uh, let people know what we're talking about and we'll be looking forward to saying more things in the future that you can't predict next time on talk about that hello hello quinice petway here co-host of the your daily bible verse podcast Are you someone who loves to take a deep dive into God's word one verse at a time to explore his will for your life and desire to draw closer to him? If that sounds like you, I'd love to invite you to head over to lifeaudio.com and search your daily Bible verse to tune in and subscribe for daily inspiration, life application and spiritual transformation through the in-depth exploration of God's word.